Hi, Scott and John here. Yeah, folks, the world is fast approaching the end game, and we are trying to expose the upcoming deception before time runs out. We want to make this a full-time goal, and we need your support to fight the satanic global elite. So here's how you can help. Subscribe to the new Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast to listen to every episode ad-free. Plus, get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to a new community forum. Sure. So just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com or you can click the uh, link in the show notes to get started today. Thanks again. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. You're listening to episode 73, The Cross Was a Tree. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? Are you ready to take the red pill? And now, here are your hosts, Scott and Zena. Hello and welcome back to Bible Mysteries Podcast. I'm Scott and I'm here with... Zena. are you ready to swallow the red pill? We are ready today. <laughs> How have you been? Uh, I've been good studying a lot. Well, that's fantastic. Oh, that's right. You're getting into PT now, mm-hmm. right? Okay, awesome. So folks, when you when you need uh, physical <laughs> therapy, you're going to know you can go to the warrior princess. Look no further. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, let's see. Uh, we were talking about uh, Agenda 2030 last couple of Yes, episodes. we were. So we've gotten quite a lot of comments. Um, yeah, and uh, we've even gotten some, you know, there's some people that will give negative feedback. It's rare. Yeah. Uh, but when you've got 53,000 subscribers, Ooh, you know, that's pretty amazing uh, yeah. that we get so little negative. But uh, for, for the negative people, they're talking about, well, you're, you're talking about conspiracy theories. You know, there, conspiracy is not a bad word. Yeah. It is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, if people just want to ignore and deny there's any conspiracy, they're probably part of it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, so <laughs> I don't really care if they, if they don't agree with that. But our aim is always going to be to try to tie whatever might be going on into the Bible. Yes. So we might discuss something that could be labeled as a conspiracy, I'm going to give what I can about that particular issue, but we're going to focus on the Bible. So mm-hmm. you can do your research about the conspiracy. And, you know, if you think we're wrong, well, you can start your own podcast. Very true. <laughs> so, You're allowed to have an yeah, opinion. Yeah, we, we, we welcome uh, all, all challenging opinions because <laughs> I'm not Neil Young. I don't want to censor anything. You know? <laughs> I'm not an irrelevant hippie that nobody who knows who he is anymore. Uh, but anyway, so today we're going to talk about the cross— of Jesus Christ. Okay. And uh, I'm gonna before I even give you the title, I'm gonna ask you just with your own background of what you know about the cross. When you think of the crucifixion, what comes to your mind? What is the shape? What is the scene as best you can think? Um, well, the cross looks like this, okay. ideally. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this line being a lot shorter than this one. Mm-hmm. Um but with the, my history of like being centered around uh, Jehovah Witnesses, we're not supposed to wear anything with the cross, to be quite honest. They're mm-hmm. like, why would you want something that symbolizes where Jesus died at? Yeah, that, that's a good point. I think uh, there's many that agree with that, not just the Jehovah's Witnesses, mm-hmm. where symbolism of a cross would be the equivalent of like wearing a little electric chair. 
Very yeah, true. It was an instrument of execution, mm-hmm. you know. And it's not that I'm picking on anybody that would wear a crucifix or a cross, but um, I Point think... myself. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I, I think a, a lot of people um, might not realize that that was not the only mechanism. The T-shape you described, yes. which is like a pole mm-hmm. and a crossbeam, was not the only mechanism, uh, method rather of crucifixion. The Romans were pretty masters of cruelty, so they had many ways that they could do that. Now, so I'm going to talk about the cross in a moment here, because uh, there's a mystery about the cross I think most people don't quite catch. But um, were you aware that when Jesus was crucified, there were two others crucified with yes. him? Yes. Okay. So have you seen in your life experience, maybe driven past like a church, where they have three crosses? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that was the picture of Jesus was like maybe in the middle, yeah. and there were two thieves, one on either side. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's very typical. I grew up with that same perception. Uh, you can still see churches that have three crosses yes, you know, very true. In, in many cases today. And uh, the interesting thing was the title of today's message is The Cross Was a Tree. Really? Yeah. So are you saying like the beam that's holding him up essentially was a tree and then they just took a piece of wood and put it across this way? That's exactly what it would appear the scriptures is telling us, that the cross beam was the portion that Jesus carried. Because remember, he was forced, they were, the prisoners were often forced to carry their cross yeah. to their own execution. And if it had been the big T, we'll call the centerpiece the pole. Okay. Just for our own reference. And then we'll call the T that goes across the pole, we'll call that the cross beam. Okay. Okay. So you've even seen pictures, I'll bet, every Easter where in some countries a guy will carry a cross beam and a pole on his shoulder in representation yes. of the, the walk to Golgotha or whatever. And uh, But had that been the case... Um, that pole and crossbeam itself would have weighed in excess of 300 pounds. Yeah. So can you imagine trying to carry that after you've been beaten and whipped? No, you would uh, fall over. Exactly. So it was far more likely that he carried a crossbeam, which could have weighed closer to maybe 100 pounds. Okay. Manageable, still a torture, but manageable. Do you think he carried it with his arms like this or... Was he kind of holding it like this? Uh, interesting question. I don't know how they would have strapped it onto him. You know, mm-hmm. they, they may have put it across his shoulders to force him to bend over under the full weight of it rather than him like dragging it yeah. with a portion of it on the ground. If, if you knew the Romans and the way they were, they probably made it as, as difficult as they could. For the prisoner, you know, to do so. So the, today's message is called The Cross Was a Tree, and we're going to focus on, was it really a tree? Okay. Because then it has to change our perception of, did he have a pole that was placed in the ground, or was he simply strung up on a tree with the crossbeam? Yeah. Which was a very common way of crucifixion amongst many other types, you know. And we get it from the scripture. So we're going to turn to the book of Acts chapter 5 to get started here because there's more than one verse. But uh, we're going to challenge the Bible here about whether or not it's, it's really telling us the truth here. Acts chapter 5 verse 29, and we read, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. 
um, I'm in the wrong place. No, I'm in the right place. Okay. (laughs) It's verse 29. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers, and he's speaking to Jews, raised up Jesus, whom ye slew, which is an old word for killed, and hanged on a tree. Hmm. Hanged on a tree. Uh, Him... Hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them that obey him. So, Zena, I'm interested in the phrase that he said, you slew him and hanged on a tree. Now, hanged is an interesting word because that sounds like the opposite. If you were to hang a picture and you're done, what would you say? I Hung. Hung the picture. Yeah. Right. And hanged seems like it's bad English. <laughs> yeah. Like I, when you say hanged, I'm assuming like a noose and like, you know, that person is hanging there. That is exactly right. Hanged with an E-D and an A is literally the past tense of a form of execution. Okay. So whether it was hung by a noose, hung on a tree, mm-hmm. you know, hung from a building, it doesn't matter. Uh, if somebody was killed in whatever form, it was caught, the past tense would be hanged. Okay. okay. And so that's literally what happened. He hanged on a tree. So that begs the question, was it a pole? Was it a traditional cross? And, and then most of my life, even though I wasn't raised in a church family, it was sort of explained to me that, well, poles were made from wood. Yes. So, but that doesn't seem to add up for me because um, I'm a baseball player, right? And mm-hmm. I'm going to use a wooden bat. Nobody says he really can swing that tree. You know? <laughs> no, they definitely don't. <laughs> or I'm a guitar player and I don't say, I can't wait to pick up that tree yeah. and string it with strings. <laughs> so yes, they're made of wood and wood comes from trees, but is it is it right to say you were hanged on a tree if it was in fact a pole? And a pole could have been made of metal. Yes. Too. So we're going to look into that and see, is it really, uh, maybe he was really hanged on a tree. Yeah, because when I think of a pole, I think of light poles, and those are metal, not Mm, wood. Not wood. And certainly back then, poles could have been wood, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I do believe, and and it would have, I think of a pole for me, everybody has their own perception, (laughs) a pole to me would be a round shaped. Yes. You know, rather than a square. I don't know that the Romans would have taken the time to machine or lay a piece of wood (laughs) into a round pole when they could have cut it as a square piece of lumber, which would have been the easiest thing to do, Mm -hmm. and then bury that. But there again, you're talking about how much effort would it be to cut a pole, dig a hole to put it up right in, and then, you know, take it, it, first of all, lay it on the ground and it's already a T. Let's imagine it's yeah. back to this cross shape. And nail the prisoner onto the cross and then pick that whole thing up and put it in a hole. That's going to be super, super heavy. That seems like a lot of work to me. But if it was already a pole in the ground mm-hmm. and they hoisted him up on it, that would make more sense yeah. from a, what was the easiest method. Yeah. But what if it was already a tree growing and they didn't have to dig a hole at all? That would make more sense because did they even have shovels back then? Sure. Yeah, they had—well, actually, the Romans were master architects. 
Really? Yeah. So they had every, you know, they, they actually built things that we still can't figure out how they did. Like their roads. So you know they had to have shovels if they built roads. Yeah. Right? And they built roads that are still around today. You can't build a road in America today and not get oh potholes in two gosh, years. Oh, my gosh, but really? And then it takes them forever to fix it. And I'm like, just leave it. We're already used to it. <laughs> this is true. So uh, what if the cross was, in fact, a tree? So we're going to examine that with the Scripture and okay. see. It may change. We may have to force our preconception of the cross as being a tree with a cross beam rather than a T-shaped pole. Okay. Okay. So we're going to go to another verse of Scripture. If it was just one time, we could say, well, that was just a, a, an error or something. Mm-hmm. But we'll go to the book of Galatians, one of Paul's epistles in chapter 3 in verse 13, where he says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. Now think about that. This is going to become important because we're talking about legally speaking, Jesus never committed a sin. Mm-hmm. So he never transgressed the law because the law was the transgression. You know, a sin was transgression of the law. So since he never sinned, but he had to become our substitute. He was the sacrifice in our place for our own crimes. Mm-hmm. So how could God legally transfer my guilt onto an innocent man? Yeah. Something had to take place. And it says, he redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. Well, how did Jesus become a curse for us if he never sinned? It is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. If anybody hangs on a tree, they become a curse. So Jesus had to die the death of hanging on a tree in order to become the curse that God could impute our trespasses unto. Okay. In other words, he had to do things legally or the devil would have accused him of, this is not right. Mm-hmm. right. And in verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So the, the good news is that when he died, he brought us the promise of Abraham's inheritance, which was the world and eternal life and the new city and all that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. But it says, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. So even legally and prophetically speaking, in order for Jesus to fulfill the requirement of him being the perfect sacrifice, he would have had to be hanged on a tree. Yeah. So his execution could not have been through a sword to the heart or a machine gun or an electric mm-hmm. chair. You know, it would have had to have been through being hanged on a tree. And he cites that. Paul cites that verse here as it is written. It's always good to go back and look and see mm-hmm. how was it written, you know? Yeah. It's from the book of Deuteronomy, which is the fifth book of the Torah uh, or the Pentateuch. <clears throat> and it's chapter 21 and verse 22. And if a man have committed a sin worthy of death, and he be put to death, and thou hang him on a tree... As in execute. Yeah. His body shall not remain all night upon the tree, but thou shalt in any wise bury him that day. For he that is hanged is accursed of God, that thy land be not defiled, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for inheritance. And it really, it was an admonition that if you did have a trial and a man was found guilty and you execute him according to the proper legal steps, and you hang him on a tree, you weren't supposed to leave him on the tree uh, overnight, but you're supposed to, once he's dead, bury him. 
Otherwise, it would be a defilement to the land because here he is, as he's on that tree, he's a curse. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And it's interesting that Jesus Christ did not remain on the cross all night. Uh, they they literally, and we're going to come to that part a, a little bit later, but when he was crucified, it was literally the Passover feast. And so the Jews, uh, the, the, the Sabbath of the Passover was approaching that evening. And remember, their day begins in the evening. Mm-hmm. That's how they count it. You know, we think morning and whatever, but they had 6 p.m. was the beginning of the next day. So they worked in the dark? <clears throat> well, it's just how they accounted time. They would have gone to bed. They would have had their meal and gone to bed. Okay. But it would have been the next day at dinner time. Okay. So they instead of midnight, it was 6 p.m. However, because of the Sabbath day and the Feast of, Pente- of uh, Passover, excuse me, uh, they asked the Roman soldiers to go ahead and kill the people on the cross that day, Jesus and the other two, so that they wouldn't remain overnight on the on the Sabbath, on, okay. on the Passover. And so the crucifixion process normally took days in some cases. They anguished in horrible suffering and pain uh, as they were nailed to that cross and having to push up on the nail to breathe and everything else. It was horrible. Uh, So because of the circumstance, they asked, go ahead and kill them now. And so the way they would have killed them is they would go and break their legs. because And so they would take a big mallet and they went to each one of the... uh, prisoners, and they would hit them in the shins and break their legs so that they couldn't push up anymore to breathe, and they would suffocate and die right away. Isn't that awful? That is terrible. The fact that someone came up with this, like, wow. Yeah. Well, like I said, the Romans were masters of cruelty, and um, they did, in fact, go kill the uh, two thieves first, and then when they went to Jesus, he was already dead. Because he gave up his life rather than having it taken from him. Okay. So they didn't have to break his legs, and that fulfilled the scripture that not a bone in his body was broken. Okay. But that's going to be important when we come back around to that. So remember those guys and how they broke their legs, because we're going to come back and talk about that in just a little bit. Uh, So Jesus becomes the perfect sacrifice. He's hanged on a tree in order for him to be made a curse so that God could make the transfer our guilt to the innocent lamb, mm-hmm. all right? Now, we'll go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and this is one of my favorite passages of Scripture because of the glorious truth. It says, um, for he made him to be sin for us. God, the Father, made Jesus to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So again, if he was sinless, and he never broke the law, how could God legally... It would be like if I robbed a bank and I stood trial and they said, you're guilty, and then somebody just stood up and said, okay, well, Zena's going to go to prison for Scott. And Zena's what? like, no, Zena's not. <laughs> <laughs> what? You know, that would be an injustice. and Nobody could get away with that. Yeah. But what if, legally speaking, there was a way you could do it? You know, there's not, but let's say you could. Well, in God's case... Here we were condemned, guilty, and Jesus says, well, I'll go die for them. I'll pay their debt. And God's like, well, how are you going to do that? You're not guilty. Well, you're gonna, I'm going to have to transfer their sin to you, Jesus. 
-hmm. And Jesus says, hang me on a tree. I'll become a curse, which will legally allow you to impute or hold accountable. Mm -hmm. That's pretty amazing. It is. That God had to work that out, legally speaking. Everything about that was legal. Now, what's interesting, too, is not only is cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, uh, as we read in Galatians, but if we go back there to that same chapter 3, in verse 10, we read this. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. So a lot of people in the religious world today, Christian religious world, think that they're being good by keeping the commandments. Yeah. But according to this, you have to keep every single one. Otherwise, you're cursed. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you mean to tell me there's people out there that think they have never, ever transgressed a single law? Even if they did one. Yeah. It says, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. So just as God is a legalist, in the sense that he had to do everything according to the law. Mm -hmm. He also proved through this that man couldn't keep the law. And it's so funny that Israel had the law for 1,500 years, couldn't keep it. Yeah. For 2,000 years, Christianity in some factions claim you have to keep the law to be saved. They haven't kept it, and yet they still say you have to keep it. And here it says clearly that the law won't justify you. That's why Jesus had to die. So it's all pointing back to the fact that in order for Jesus to have our sins transferred to him, it had to follow a legal process to not only make him a curse so God could do it, but to take the law out of the way so we wouldn't have to continue to try to keep it. Mm-hmm. It was The whole point of him dying was because we couldn't. I'll show this image to you, and that's your typical picture yeah. of the crosses mm-hmm. and most people think of where the three, you know, Jesus would have been in the center, according to them, and then the two thieves on either side, right? Well, we're exploring the idea that it's not a cross pole as a T-shaped thing, but a tree. So I looked this up on Wikipedia. We'll have show notes for our listeners. Yes. Where you can click on the links if you want to. You can do your research. Anybody can go look this up. But the Greek and Latin words corresponding to crucifixion applied to many different forms of painful execution, including being impaled on a stake. Did you ever think about that? A crucifixion to be impaled on a stake. You know, I, I hate to admit this, but I was born and raised in a city called Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And that's French. It means red stick. Do you know where they got the name Red Stick from? No. When the settlers first explored the Mississippi River and they came to the area that is now Baton Rouge, there was a tribe of Native Americans that inhabited the region and they were called Estruma. And they would take their enemies and impale them on sharpened poles. They would just drop them on top of them and leave them there to die. And the poles were stained red with their blood. Ooh. And so red stick. We, we had the dubious distinction being named after a crucifixion. Yeah. <laughs> Rouge, you know, It's awful, you know. Hi, we hope you're enjoying the podcast, but I want to take a moment to remind you of something very important. There are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. And the world is fast approaching the end game. 
and we want to expose the coming deception before time runs out. Freedom of speech is under attack, and evil elements within governments and multinational corporations are trying to prevent you from learning the truth. Scott and I are being censored by social media platforms as we speak. This is true, so you can help us use the satanic global elite's own tools against them. Subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast so the controlled media can't shut us down. We can use our own platforms to help expose them and keep you informed. But to do that, we need your support. Help us to go full-time with Bible Mysteries. Just $7 a month gives you every current episode ad-free without these annoying appeals. You also get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to the community forum where we answer your questions. Just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to help us stop the assault on Christianity and free speech. And don't forget, you can always donate any amount to support us at utbnow.com. These gifts are tax deductible. Thanks again, and here's the show. So it says the the painful form of execution included being impaled on a stake or affixed to a tree, just like we're talking about. An upright pole, which is called the crook's simplex, or most famous now to a combination of an upright in Latin it's called the stipes what we call the pole is the stipes and a crossbeam which in Latin was a patubulum that's the T all right the top a man named Seneca the younger some roman historian wrote i see crosses there not just of one kind but made in many different ways some have their victims head down to the ground some impale their private parts ow Others stretch out their arms on the gibbet, and I think that would be like the, the cross. In some cases, the condemned was forced to carry the cross beam to the place of execution. A whole cross would weigh well over 300 pounds, but the cross beam would not be as burdensome, weighing around 45 kilograms or about 100 pounds. So it's starting to look like it would make far more sense that the way Jesus was crucified would have looked something more like this. Oh, well, nailed, that's very... Nailed to a tree. Not what everyone was... Yeah, wow. Yeah, and that I'll put that uh, link there for somebody when they want to look at it. And that's just a drawing. It's not an actual image of a crucifixion. Yeah. But what you're seeing there is the patubulum or crossbeam literally hoisted up onto the top topper branches of a tree and his feet were actually nailed into the tree itself yeah like you i thought that his feet were like this yeah crossed on each other yeah and and it could have been that way too they could have simply put the two legs together and nailed it to the base of the tree as Mm -hmm. well this picture shows each ankle having its own nail yeah you know uh that kind of a thing but it's just the idea but it would make sense if they were um nailed like that so that they're able to push off Mm. Of, like, their ankles, essentially, right. to breathe and then come back down to, like, a sitting... Exactly. And imagine the pain that would have you know, yeah, that's created hurt. the suffering. Now, in this particular image, it shows a rather short, squatty tree. Yes. Uh, I think that's probably not accurate because I would think if there was a tree that they could use to nail somebody, it would have been a larger tree. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in Texas, we have some pretty big trees. We do. So, so I, I would imagine they had large trees at that time as well. And we're going to find out that if 
I read the scripture properly, it is very possible that it was one large tree to which all three were nailed. Do you think like one in the front and then two on the side? On either side. Okay. So one, you know, you take like an oak tree, and I don't know that he was nailed to an oak tree. Yeah. We can look at a live oak here in Texas, and even in Texas, they're pretty big. I mean, that's enough trunk to put several people around when you get into these big old ancient trees. So so we're going to examine that idea that is it possible that not only was he nailed to the tree, but the other two were nailed to the same tree. Okay. And there's there's a methodology that we're going to find out about when they go to break their legs that tells us that it may be the case. Okay. But let's go to the book of Matthew first, and we're going to see how there was a man that was called upon to help Jesus carry his cross. Uh, and it would make sense that it would be the cross beam, you know. So Matthew chapter 27 and verse 29, we read, And when they had platted a crown of thorns, and this is after he was tried by Pontius Pilate, and the Roman soldiers mocked him, and they beat him, and they did all these things. They platted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head, and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him, and they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. So here's a man that's sentenced to die, and they're making fun of him. And they spit upon him, and they took the reed, and they smote him on the head. And after that, they had mocked him. They took the robe off from him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him. And as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross. So he was probably unable to carry the cross after all the... Yeah, I was going to say that. Like 100 pounds may not seem like a lot of weight, but after taking a beating, that's a lot of weight to put on your body. He was probably exhausted. And then it says, when they were coming to the place uh, called Golgotha, that is to say a place of a skull, that's when they crucified him. So he was crucified in a place called Golgotha, which literally means the place of the skull. So it was was even symbolic of death. Uh, And they gave him vinegar to drink, mingled with gall, and vinegar, imagine that. That's another way of, you know, if they'd beaten him, I imagine they punched him and his lips are bleeding. Yeah. Imagine putting vinegar. I know. I'm just, imagine drinking, vinegar is gross. And the way they did it was they put it on a sponge because they've already crucified him and they put him up on the cross. So uh, they would have taken a, a sponge at the end of a stick and dipped it in vinegar and put it up to him. Gosh, give the poor man some water. Yeah. Uh, So they gave him vinegar to drink mingled with gall, and when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink it. And they crucified him, parting his garments, casting lots. You know, they they rolled dice for the garment. uh, That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. The reason why they cast lots is because the vesture was what we would consider a cloak. Kind of think of like a a Roman toga. Okay. But it was really a different style. Um, And it was a single piece of fabric, which was expensive. So if you had, you know, pants and a shirt, you could, I'll I'll take the pants, you take the shirt. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to this big vesture, instead of tearing it and dividing it among the soldiers, they say, well, we'll cast lots and the, 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 the long straw gets, wins it or whatever. So I essentially, Jesus was crucified naked. Mm hmm. Yeah, by the time they were finished, they would have, yeah. And it was all meant to humiliate people anyway, so it wouldn't have mattered to the Romans. They didn't care. 
Yeah. I mean, he may have had like an undergarment on or something, but we don't know that they even bothered with that or kept that on them. And so they parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture they did cast lots. And sitting down, they watched him there and set up over his head his accusation written, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then were there two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and another on the left. Now, interesting, two thieves crucified, one on the right hand, the other on the left. Now, why was Jesus in the middle? You know, why yeah. couldn't he have been on the end if there were three crosses, mm-hmm. right? And then two other guys, both on his left-hand side. You know, was he the important one to be put in the center? Yeah. You know, we don't know that. But we now know that there's one on the left and one on the right. So there must be something significant about that or the Bible wouldn't have told us. Yeah. Okay. Now, we'll go to John chapter 19, another account of the same event, his crucifixion. And we'll start reading at verse 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. He's actually on the cross as he says this. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. We were just talking about that. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. So he just died. He gave his life up instead of dying through this long you know, ordeal of suffering or them going and killing Yeah. Uh, the Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation, meaning before the Passover, uh, that the body should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath day, for that Sabbath day was a high day, which means it was a holy day. They besought Pilate, who was the governor, uh, that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away, meaning break the legs of the prisoners, they would suffocate within minutes, and then they could take them off of the cross and bury them. Yeah. So then came the soldiers and break the legs of the first and of the other which was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they break not his legs. So it begs the question, why didn't they start with Jesus? You know, that's true. And if Jesus was in the midst of three crosses and there was one on the left and one on the right, then you've got to know that according to this, they went to the first thief and then they went to the second thief and then they went to Jesus, which means you've got a cross here, a cross here and a cross here. According to tradition, Jesus is in the middle. The Roman soldiers go to this cross. They break his legs. They skip Jesus, go to the other cross, break his legs, then go back to the middle. That doesn't make any sense. Makes me think he's not in the middle. It makes me think that he's not on three crosses. Yeah. That he's in the tree. Now, if no matter if you start from one guy and you're all three around a tree, and if Jesus is in the middle and there's a thief on the left and a thief on the right, and you go to this guy and break his legs, and then you go to the next guy and break his legs, and then by the time you come back around, Jesus is in the middle, but he's then it makes sense. They're all on a tree. They're on the same tree. And they started on one end and went around the tree till they got to Jesus. That makes more sense. It's still a wee bit confusing because if you think about it, let's say this is the tree, Jesus is here, Mm -hmm. a thief is here, and then another thief is here. Why not go this way instead of going 
this way. Well, it would it, either way. It's the only way that explains it. So it's yeah. not that they chose to do it one way or the other. They were just looking at to them. Their Romans are looking at three convicts. Yeah, Jesus is of no importance to them. It's not like oh, he's the chief prisoner here. Mm-hmm. They don't care. These three guys are dying. They just want to kill them and get it over with. So they just start with whoever they started with. Yeah. We know by the scripture it was one of the thieves because it said they went to him first. Then they went to the next thief. It wouldn't have made sense to go out of their way to to go to another thief and then come back to Jesus. So they just went around the tree. It just so happens that the two thieves were to the left and right of Jesus, and they started with one, went to the next one, and came back around to Jesus. All right. So I think that he was, in fact, hanged on a tree, as the scripture says, and all three of them were. And there would have been three separate cross beams, and they would have had to stagger the height so they don't touch each other, yeah. maybe, depending on how big around the, the circumference of the tree was, you know, which could have been a fairly large tree. Sycamore trees get pretty big, mm-hmm. you know, so there's, there's all manner of ways it could have been done. So it says, they came the soldiers and break the legs of the first and of the other, which was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they break not his legs. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side and forthwith there came out blood and water. And, uh, and if I read down to verse uh, 36, for these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. And again, another scripture saith, they shall look on him whom they pierced. So they literally pierced his side just to make sure he was dead. And blood and water came out of his side, which might have something to do with what happened to his heart, you know, when, when he was uh, crucified there. So... We talked about this man named Simon who was compelled to help him bear his cross. Yes. Okay. Well, that must have been a common picture of crucifixion because when we go to the book of Mark chapter 10 and Jesus says these words, then Jesus beholding him loved him and said unto him, there was a rich man, uh, one thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come take up thy cross and follow me. So take up thy cross. Have you ever heard that expression, you need to take up the cross? No. Okay. It's symbolic of your walk with Christ. It's symbolic of I'm going to make the sacrifice to believe on Jesus and uh, follow him in death, you know, and not literally, although they were martyrs. You know, the first century saints all died. They were persecuted Mm -hmm. and put to death. So in a very real sense, they, many of them were crucified too. I know Peter was. Uh, Peter was crucified upside down, according to Fox's Book of Martyrs. Um, But um, they uh, used the expression of make the sacrifice. So it would have been a common thing in these days of the Roman Empire for people to see crucifixions and for them to see prisoners carrying the crossbeam to their execution. Yeah. And he was basically saying, in order for you to have eternal life, you need to follow me. Now, today, following him is believing on him. But at the time, they followed him literally because he was there with them. Mm-hmm. He says a similar thing in the book of Luke, chapter 14, verse 27. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So there's that symbolism of bearing a cross. The symbolism couldn't have been common if the entire pole and cross beam weighed yeah. over 300 pounds. Who could do that? 
Who can even carry that? You know, hardly, <laughs> hardly anybody. But uh, carrying the cross beam makes more sense. And then taking it to your place of execution also makes more sense if there's already a pole or tree to affix it to. Yeah. Right. And so finally, the significance of the tree makes more sense in light of all of Scripture. Because if we go all the way back to the book of Genesis, and we know that in Genesis, you know, Adam sinned and yes. brought sin into the world. And the whole reason that Jesus had to be the sacrifice for sins is because of original sin, mm-hmm. right? But once God uh, had found out that they had sinned, and incidentally, he made them coats of skin. Remember, we talked about that. And where do you get coats of skin from? Sheep. Yep. A living animal, mm-hmm. which means something had to die. So I believe it was probably, like you said, a sheep, a picture of the Lamb of God. And he clothed them, but it didn't stop there because in chapter 3, verse 22, it says, The Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. So the tree of life, do you remember what that was? Yes. In the garden, what was it? What was its significance? It's not the tree, tree of knowledge, is it? Well, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was the fruit they weren't supposed to eat. Yes. So, and so, lest we confuse those two, what would they have done if they had eaten the tree of life? Lived forever. Right. Right. So, since now they have a body that's sinful. And if you live forever in a sinful body, that would be bad. Yes. So he drove them out. And the idea being, if the tree of life, which shows up at the end of, of all prophecy fulfilled, the tree of life comes back, and those who overcome have the right to eat of the tree of life, and they'll live forever, then we know it's still significant. It's still important. Well, you can't have access to the tree of life without Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. He is the source of eternal life, you know. Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So uh, whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Therefore, if he's the source of eternal life and the tree of life is tied to eternal life, then it would make sense that he would die on a tree. Yes. Not that the tree was the tree of life. Yeah. <laughs> right? But that he would die on a tree so that the symbolism in the picture would be completed. And then one last thing, you know, we think of the cross and... I think there are even Christian religions today that look at the cross. You were even talking about because of the symbol of the cross is a reminder of his suffering. Yes. And that wasn't a good thing. But we think of that as though that was a bad thing that he died on the cross. Because in your mind, justice says he was innocent. He shouldn't have had to die. Yeah. You know, I was the one that was guilty. I should have died. So we see our, our sense of right and wrong. We mm-hmm. kind of go, you know. And so we look at the cross and we say, that shouldn't have happened. But Paul's approach to that was completely different. Uh, Paul, who, who, who he said he was the chief of sinners. Can you imagine going into history as I'm the worst guy? <laughs> uh, nope. <laughs> we want to put that to like a Hitler or someone, right? Yeah. Not the Apostle Paul. But he said he was the chief of sinners. And yet, here's the way he approached the cross. He says in Galatians 6, verse 14, But God forbid that I should glory, 
And he was talking about how he was a very devout religious man, a Jewish Pharisee, but he counts it all dung. Mm -hmm. It was nothing because I want to glory only in my Savior. So he says, um, God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. He gloried in the cross. Now, that's not to say he ran around wearing a cross. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't believe he did. I I think he would have seen it as something just as uh, superficial. Okay. Yeah, it could almost, uh, I'm not trying to pick on anybody that wears a cross, but it could almost be perceived as you're not really understanding what the sacrifice was. Yeah. Uh, However, I don't think most people think that way. If they're wearing a cross to them, it might mean a statement of their faith. Yes. Or it might mean that they uh, they want you to know that they have a testimony or something like that. Mm -hmm. God knows the heart. You know, he searches the heart. But Paul gloried in the cross, not the symbol of it, but the event, mm-hmm. because he knew that what took place there was that exchange, our sin for God's righteousness. Yes. And the only legal way God could have done that was for Jesus to be made a curse. And the only way he could have been made a curse was to be hanged on a tree. So... Does that blow your mind about does blow my mind. the symbol of the cross? I'm not going to go hanging on any trees. So we can start wearing little trees on our... <laughs> with a cross beam across here. <laughs> doesn't quite have the same romanticism. No. Well, I hope that you've learned something today. I did learn something today. might have challenged your, uh, your otherwise, uh, the way we were trying to raise or... or mm-hmm. Or given the understanding, it certainly did for me. Yes. When I learned it. So thank you, folks, for being here today. And thank you, Zena. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. As always, guys, thank you so much for joining us every week. Please like, subscribe, and share. We enjoy your comments, so keep them coming. If there's something new that you learned, we want to hear about it. And if there's something we haven't talked about, please let us know so we can talk about it. Absolutely. We do appreciate I may not get back to you right away. We do hear from a lot. Like I said, over 53,000 subscribers mm-hmm. now, so that's a lot of feedback. But uh, do write me, unlockthebiblenow at gmail.com, and uh, I will do my best to answer. Uh, thank you to everybody that donates to us. You can donate through PayPal at utbnow.com, and that is our website, Yes, utbnow, where you can find out anything you need to know about Bible mysteries and my other online uh, Bible studies. So till next time, thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Bible Mysteries and share it with a friend. If you want to learn more, you can go to Unlock the Bible Now. That's utbnow.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast. You can even gift a subscription to a friend. That's right. Remember, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to join and help us expose the satanic global elite, or make a tax-deductible donation at utbnow.com. We need your help to fight the global censorship of the truth. Thanks for your support.